This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and this is Gigi Well Played, BFM's video game show. We'll be having a coffee talk with Janki Pachi and Dio Mahesa. They're developers from Tokyo Productions, makers of Coffee Talk and the recently released Coffee Talk Episode 2, Hibiscus and Butterfly. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the industry, especially in this season with Daryl Ong and of Neil Ting. Thank you, Hanif. It's now June, which means it's time for Not E3 season. There are a lot of incredible trailers, surprising reviews and updates on upcoming video games from various game showcases from last week. So sit tight because we're going to give you a quick summary of some of the biggest announcements made. Let's start with Summer Game Fest 2023. Last Friday, some of the big games announced include Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, announced as a new side-scrolling action platformer with a vibrant art style. It's also set to release on multiple platforms on the 18th of January next year. PlayStation 5's Spider-Man 2 gets a confirmed release date of 20th October 2023 and the game also revealed that Venom in the game is not Eddie Brock. What? No way. Star Trek Infinite made its debut as a sci-fi game based on the beloved franchise developed by Nimble Giant Entertainment. A full reveal of the game will be coming on the 16th of June. But the biggest reveal for Summer Game Fest 2023 was Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, the second part of the remake trilogy where players can expect to join Cloud and his friends as they explore the world beyond Midgar. The game is slated for an early 2024 release on PlayStation 5 and will come in to this. Mm, and as for the Xbox showcase last night, some of the biggest announcements include Fable, a reboot of the classic RPG series developed by Playground Games featuring Richard Ayoade as the narrator. Also a new trailer for the Cyberpunk 2077 expansion Phantom Liberty was shown revealing a release date of September 26th featuring Canary and also Idris Elba. Obsidian's long-awaited fantasy RPG Avowed finally has a release window for next year. Our first big look at the game showed caves, spiders, bears, spellcasting, sword combat and a ton of other fantasy elements. The game is coming sometime in 2024. Star Wars Outlaws, a new game set in the Star Wars universe, will be focusing on bounty hunters and smugglers. The gameplay will be reviewed on Ubisoft Direct sometime this week. Mm, The biggest review though for the Xbox show showcase was their highly anticipated Starfield, which is a sci-fi RPG where they showcase various aspects of the game, offering a glimpse into various planets, ships and wildlife in the game. Set to release on the 6th of September on the Xbox Series S and X as well as the PCs. I mean, there are a few more showcases coming this week, so do stay tuned for our show for more news on them. Right, we move on to Apple now and it's the end of the Mac gaming meme because it's coming for real this time. At last Tuesday's Apple W WDC, Apple announced a new game porting toolkit designed to simplify the process of bringing Windows games to the macOS. Apple's Game Porting Toolkit aims to streamline the porting of Windows games onto Mac computers. The toolkit includes an emulation environment that allows developers to assess the performance of their Windows games on Mac OS, eliminating upfront work and saving time. If this sounds familiar to you, Linux and Steam Deck gamers, this toolkit sounds like Proton, Valve's compatibility layer that makes it possible for Windows games to run on Linux-based operating systems, but instead, this time it works for Mac OS. Mm. 
One interesting feature of the toolkit is its ability to instantly run DirectX 12 Windows games on Mac OS. This opens up opportunities for Mac users to access a broader range of games and experiences, and some Mac OS users have already reported successful experiences running PC games on Apple Silicon-based Macs using the game porting toolkit. Titles like Cyberpunk 2077 and Diablo 4 have been demonstrated running smoothly on those Mac systems. And while Apple has made progress in creating Mac OS ports for games in recent years, Windows still remains the dominant platform for PC gaming. However, this new toolkit, along with the upcoming game mode feature in Mac OS Sonoma, indicates a stronger focus on gaming for the company. I guess we'll see whether this will translate well in the future, but it looks like people can't make fun of Mac users anymore for not being able to game. Yes, so. Last but not least, we mentioned this in passing earlier, but to get deeper into it, the upcoming DLC for Cyberpunk 2077 titled Phantom Liberty will actually bring new features to the base game, even for those who choose not to purchase the DLC. Despite its troubled launch, Cyberpunk 2077 has evolved into a highly regarded open-world RPG. CD Projekt Red has been diligently working on improvements and patches to enhance the game since its release. Now anticipation is building for the upcoming expansion. Mm, in a recent interview with VGC, creative director Pavel Sasko and quest designer Despiona Anetaki shared that the development team has been reworking some of the core systems in the game in preparation for Phantom Liberty. This includes improvement to AI, skill trees, and the addition of vehicle combat. Sasko mentioned that some of these enhancements will also be implemented in the base game, ensuring that core systems should be there. The release date for Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty has been confirmed for September 26, as announced during the Xbox Games Showcase. A trailer revealed the return of Johnny Silverhand and the introduction of Solomon Reed, portrayed by Idris Elba. The DLC launch has been met with excitement from fans. Additionally, CD Projekt Red has revealed that early development for a sequel to Cyberpunk 2077 is planned for 2024. While this suggests a significant wait for the sequel, the studio is also busy working on a new Witcher saga and a remake for the first Witcher game, indicating an active period for the Polish development team. Mm. Cyberpunk 2077 fans can look forward to the Phantom Liberty DLC and the improvements it brings to the base game. Confirmed release date 26th of September this year for PC, PS5, Xbox Series X and S with a promise of ongoing enhancements. The cyberpunk universe continues to expand. Darren, off with you on the news. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Darren and Ofnil. Joining me on the show today are Junkie Pachi and Dio Mahesa from Toge Productions, developer of the critically acclaimed Coffee Talk and its sequel, Coffee Talk Episode 2, Hibiscus and Butterfly, which was released a couple of months back. Junkie is the narrative designer and lead writer for the sequel, while Dio Mahesa is the lead artist for both games, and we're going to talk about the franchise and developing games of this nature. But before that, let's get to know them for a bit. Okay, uh, hello, my name is Dio, and I'm the lead artist and also art director for Coffee Talk uh, 1 and Coffee Talk Episode 2. 
uh, as for me, I'm I'm Jangki. I'm the lead uh, writer and narrative designer for Coffee Talk episode two. So Coffee Talk, um, the first game was praised for its immersive storytelling and diverse characters, um, and now you have produced the second game, the sequel. Um, so before we talk deeper about these two games, maybe you can just tell us the inspiration behind Coffee Talk, and I guess to a certain extent your personal relationships with coffee. You know, both of you. Okay, I guess I guess I, I'll start. So basically, uh, well, Coffee Talk was ideated, started started in back in uh, 2017, where we had this uh, internal game jam in in, in Tokyo Productions. That basically we have already finished uh, a game uh, called Infectonator 3, and then we decided what to do next. And then uh, basically the idea was from our late writer uh, Muhammad Fahmi. And basically, he wanted to uh, like uh, simulate a feeling where you are sipping a warm cup of drink and watching watching rain outside while listening to a lo-fi music, basically like that. And then, and then uh, after the game jam, we decided to uh, start it as a as a, a project in, in in Tokyo Productions. And then it it was started from there. the the inspiration was back. Uh, from also game like uh, Valhalla and then and then uh, a movie a, a, a Japanese series called uh, Midnight Diner and then it was our love to Japanese visual novel games uh, back in back in the 90s and then also Fahmi was a great uh, was a was a coffee enjoyer coffee lover and and that's the idea came from actually. Hmm. Um. So, Junkie, you know, as as the lead writer for the game, how did you, to a certain extent, I guess, you know, from that idea, how did you then conceptualize the narrative, um, for the game? Especially if you think about it, I mean, yes, the concept of the game is, you know, you play as a barista, but it goes beyond that, right? You know, it, it involves yeah. you know, people telling stories, you know, listening to people's conversation and the kind of stories that were told, were also pretty, I guess, deep, you know, and and meaningful and re- pretty relevant to 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 our current time. So so. How did you, yeah, from from that idea, I guess, create this narrative, you know, and these stories to tell involving a lot of different characters? I think um, uh, the first and foremost, I think uh, the setting itself lends, uh, you know, uh, lends itself to to all all sorts of interaction. Uh, actually, that reminds me, Indonesia have this uh, culture about like I, I probably Malaysia has it too. Like we call we have warung kopi. Which is like we nongkrong. Nongkrong is like hanging out casually, and then we ngobrol ngobrol, which is like talk to people basically. And back in the day, uh, when we have warung kopi in neighborhoods or like kedai kopi, the relationship within the the host and the customer is a bit closer. Uh, unlike the current modern uh, you know coffee shops now, it's more like customer and and uh, what's the word? Uh, customer and uh, barista, I guess. So like I mean like you know. Uh, just regular modern coffee shops so i think coffee uh, coffee shop in coffee talk kind of embodies that kedai kopi uh, older style where where the host actually interact with the customers and you know customers are a lot of people right like uh, characters in the game but like they they're all bringing in all sorts of histories or like everyday struggle or maybe even like good news um so and sometimes they just need like a place to talk outside home or work 
And I think that's Coffee Talk is the third place. That's the setting, I think, like the third place where people can go uh, just to to kind of release that 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 pressure a little bit. And I think uh, that's I think that's the vibe and the chillness of a Coffee Talk that lends itself to to that kind of environment, which make the games a bit more special in a way. Um, because I do see people think to, uh, like the vibe. It's kind of believable in a way that oh okay yeah I probably want to go to this kind of cafe as well, but yeah so it's something like that. Yeah. Correct yeah and I think the vibe especially yeah you mentioned the vibe and I guess one one word that is used you know among among us to describe the game is that it has that very cozy atmosphere. You know it's as if like you're you're, yes, you're yes, I mean yes. yes you're I guess to some extent you're channeling the barista which I think you can name um, you can name the character as yourself I suppose but at the same time yes. you know you're you're also I guess engaging with all these different characters yeah and and was it a conscious decision on 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 your end to cre- to also get all these other mythical creatures to be part of that world you know Seattle but you know it's not it's not the kind of Seattle that we think of as in you know it's not just human beings there right there are a lot of other different mythical creatures as well. As part of the uh, as part of the ensemble in in, in the game, right? Uh, was that a conscious decision, or was that meant to also signify other things that I, perhaps you know can be tackled, quote unquote, much easier, you know, when you use these mythical creatures as opposed to perhaps using human beings? Yeah, I think I think it's actually a conscious decision, right? Dio, like in the very yeah, first yeah. game, it's like to to basically basically bypass all the cultural issues, right? Because the thing is, I think. We actually talked about this like uh, a while ago about how uh, how like when when you talk uh, when you tell a story and then you know a, a cultural story can be can can be fun to explore but it also serves as a barrier for broader audience right um, that's why I think uh, using fantasy races is actually helpful uh, to bridge that gap basically it's a conscious decision so the core of the story the struggle is uh, is like the actually the meat of the story of his character right so and then we can still like us as indonesian can still explore our issues but but kind of reframe into these mythical creatures in the modern times so the core is expressed still distinctly uh, uh, but yet still appeal to a broader audience, like global audience in this case. Yeah, I think that's that's the cool part because I think, uh, I mean, you guys are based in Indonesia, uh, but the game is set in Seattle. But at the end of the day, the issues discussed in the games, they're all pretty relevant across across, across borders, I suppose, right? Um, Dio, mm-hmm. yeah, you're the you're the lead designer for the game. Um, yeah, so so talk to me, walk me through the process of, I guess, uh, materializing, you know, creating this world using the art choices that you've adapted for the game. Again, there is that vibe of of the game being, you know, cozy and easy on the eyes to to, to sort of like, I guess, be part yeah. of, you know, the, the characters and especially, yeah, because you have to draw, you know, elves, uh, mm-hmm. fairies and whatnot. So, so how do you go about designing this world, you know, the coffee talk world? Yeah, obviously we haven't been to Seattle, right? And, and <laughs> the decision was... The decision was was from uh, was from Fahmi basically, where we need to uh, be in a city uh, like that uh, never stops raining, right? Uh, because because that that the idea we want to watch the rain, and then and then actually uh, they uh, we we had this decision also uh, that we wanted to go to Pax East, uh, want to West. Want to be, eh? Pax West. Pax West, sorry, Pax West, yeah. Um, and then, and then, also a, a a big a big coffee shop chain it started from Seattle, and then and then so, yeah, why not? And then and then the the 
the process was like I was gathering a lot of uh, pictures from Google Street, Google Maps about how Seattle looks like and uh, how Seattle or U U.S. coffee shops looks like, and then and then I combine it also with how uh, Jakarta Jakarta's coffee coffee shop looks like, and then. I had this one huge uh, desktop background that I put that contains like hundreds of um, hundreds of screenshots from everywhere that being a, re a reference for me. And then also uh, for the art style, uh, back again, we 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 love this uh, Japanese visual novel uh, game from 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 90s that called PC 98. And then, and then it's it's a pixel art style uh, with a Japanese 90s anime style. And, and we, uh, Fahmi and I both love 90s anime. And also, yeah. So basically, uh, that's that's the 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 ideas and the, the art styles come came from. And also, the the mythical creature was the the idea was from me because I like to draw uh, fantasy mythical creature like the Andy stuff i said to Fami, if i if i'm going to 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 be the artist of coffee top i want to draw fantasy <laughs> mythical creatures so so yeah and 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 basically what what junkie said uh uh it's a it's a it's a good things to to like put many cultures without pointing out to uh like single single race or whatever and and then yeah Aside from there, uh, we had a lot of discussion with with Fahmi back back then, and then and then uh, about about how it's cozy, uh, about uh, it's a, it's a just a, a late night coffee shop without any any uh, like sparkle things. Like it's it's just a, a chill vibe, cozy that you uh, that a coffee shop you attend to, yeah. Maybe that's just the ideas. Mm. And uh, beyond beyond um, the conscious decision of using um, mythical creatures to sort of like I guess make it easier for you to engage on on I guess slightly more thorny issues I suppose or issues that might be a bit more complicated to discuss if you were to actually use actual people and I guess races. Um, the kind of stories that are uh, you know the kind of narrative that you weave into the the conversations um, you know between characters and whatnot they also feel very believable and real right. So where did you get the I guess inspiration to to sort of like you know surface all these issues up I suppose you know was it more personal or was it more I guess collectively you know do you guys discuss about or, or you know are these the issues that you know that we can perhaps use to sort of like make the narrative more believable or was it more you know inspired by I guess conversations that you have with people and whatnot yeah I, I think for the first one maybe Dio can answer uh, for yeah. the first uh, I think the process yeah. is different from uh -huh. talk one and actually in, in the first coffee talk uh most most of all the, the 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 stories is back from our own uh, Tokyo Productions crew uh, experience back back then. Uh, we had this like a role play situation where where okay you you play as Lua and you play as Bailey's and uh, uh, we had this uh, like a problem and then, and and see how how everyone uh, deals with that problems and it becomes the story if you can see like in the coffee top one it it sets in the united states but a lot of a lot of the the the, the problems that 
the customer shares is a more like Asian Asian problems like interfaith marriage and and uh, blessings from from the the parents like it was very relatable to us but uh, but fortunately it it also resonates with other people in 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 the United States also and in the Western Western part of this world so yeah yeah. Basically, we we had this a lot of uh, role play role play uh, situations uh, and meetings back in, in Coffee Talk One, and it differs in in Coffee Talk Two when uh, Janky maybe can explain. Yeah, so Coffee Talk Two uh, actually uh, the concept was created by uh, like another group. Uh, Toge was uh, Toge hired like uh, story production company called Cosmic, and I was in there. So it was a team we created like a, you know kind of like the base. Uh, the draft uh, uh, of the stories, and then um, and then we exp- uh, Toge expanded upon it. So after I joined Toge full time, I I basically reworked the story to fit the Toge design pillars. But as for the the, the personal stories, so back then <laughs> when I was still a freelancer, I was a comic artist. I often go to cafe to to do work, and maybe because I'm there like maybe eight eight nine hours a day. People start to see me as a fixture, like a, a fixture, like I'm there all the time. So sometimes people actually come to me and start talking to me, uh, even though I was working. But like you know, it's fine. So, uh, so I think the way the conversation starts uh, largely for me is based on that, like um, how people start talking, how people start like, like um, kind of like sharing their stories, um, and and yeah, uh, as for the topics themselves, I think. Uh, for me, the inspiration really come from the well because the the theme was was set right. It was like social media as a kind of like the the main theme. Uh, but you know, social media brings good and bad, and I think uh, personally, people are really affected by it, right? Uh, so it's kind of easy to get the 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 topic because in personal level, I guess uh, I can see from you know just just serving through Twitter <laughs> or like you're serving through. YouTube, it's quite easy to see like uh, how people are affected, and and we have no shortage of people like sharing their feelings about a certain way online, uh, and then that's why I uh, I kind of took inspiration from that, and also I kind of trying to digest like personally like what it means to me, and then you know and then I put it in a way like okay so this character personality is like this, how they will react to it, so something like that. That was Junkie Pakci, narrative designer and lead writer for Toge Productions Coffee Talk 2 together with Dio Mahesa, lead artist for the two games. We're going to make way for some messages. More after this. Stay tuned. This is Gigi Well Played on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to GG Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharudin. Joining me today on the show are developers from Toge Productions to talk about one of their most well-known games, Coffee Talk, and its recently released sequel, Coffee Talk Episode 2, Hibiscus and Butterfly. They are narrative designer and lead writer, Janki Pachi, and lead artist, Dio Mahesa. We've been talking about the development of these two games, and throughout our chat earlier, the name Fahmi was mentioned multiple times. Mohamed Fahmi was the creator of Coffee Talk and played a crucial role in creating the world of the game. He passed away last year and despite having left Toge Productions then, his passing did impact the team at Toge as they developed the sequel. Um, okay, basically, uh, Coffee Talk 
uh, started uh, from 2018 and it released on January 2020. Uh, but just before uh, the release date, uh, basically Fahmi uh, resigned from from Toge Productions to uh, make a new studio uh, by himself. And then um, after that, after the release of Coffee Talk One, uh, basically uh, we had this a lot of uh, like uh, popularity from, from from other players and and uh, players like want to want to uh, enjoy more stories from from Coffee Talk One. So we decided to hire uh, Cosmic, like uh, Junkie mentioned before, and, and and Junkie was the writer from the start uh, from episode two, basically, and then. And then, yeah, uh, Junkie, Junkie, and and us also uh, sometimes like uh, ask Fahmi for for like some story guidance and, and, and things. Yeah. And then and then we decided to like no one will will um, write a better Freya than than Fahmi back then. So yeah, that's that's a lot of, a lot of uh, like. Uh, it's a it's a really tough decision because uh, Coffee Talk uh, One was basically story of the main the main character is, is Freya like, like uh, she she started there there and then, and then, and then it concludes uh, with with Freya's story also and, and but I think I think maybe uh, Junkie can can share the rest. Oh okay. Uh, so when when Coffee Talk Two was created, it it started as a DLC. We were hired to to create a DLC basically, but uh, because of the scope becomes bigger with all these new um, uh, technique uh, uh, like new system in place, we 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 made it into a sequel. Uh, well, Toge made it into sequel, so I have to <laughs> right. So we have like more writers and stuff. Uh, Fahmi didn't really have any uh, input for the second game uh, story wise. But we are, we were, we were, we were close, like in the sense that we we do talk to each other because we were in this uh, other industry together, right? Um, but honestly, when he, well, my aim was when I create the game, like I want him to play uh, Coffee Talk Two. So when he passed away on March, honestly, it was a huge shock. Like, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it's very difficult. It was a uh, really difficult. I I couldn't I couldn't write for like two weeks probably, um, because I really wanted him to to be proud. Because honestly, Coffee Talk has a lot of fans, has a, has a lot of um, uh, you know, f- uh, favorite people. People really love like what Coffee Talk is. So I want to make it right, right? Like I want to uh, do do it right for for him, for Toge. So when he was he passed away, I honestly I. I feel disappointed in myself in the sense that I I couldn't finish it faster, <laughs> even though it's like obviously. But at the same time, I yeah, it was it was hard. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but but he didn't have any involvement in the story. Um, uh, but I did write it with him in mind. Yeah, basically. Okay, um, like you said earlier, Coffee Talk was I guess adored by a lot of fans, loved by a lot of fans. Um, 
did the positive reception and I guess to a certain extent feedback um, influence your approach uh, in the development of the second game? You know, did it give you extra pressure as opposed to to develop the second game? You know, um, like you said earlier, it was supposed to be a DLC, but then I guess you know you probably have have plans for it as well. But to a certain extent, do you do you guys think about the positive feedback that you have with the first game and sort of like I guess you know was that ever in your minds when you when it comes to developing the, the second game? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Because, because, uh, yeah, basically, basically, because of the coffee talk one had this uh, positive reactions from players, and and we now had this different, right? Uh, the expect the expectation was high for us, like, um, and and, and the, the anxiety level is also on the rise because because uh, okay, uh, what what to expect from from players if if the the writers. Uh, different now and then and then like uh how we are going to uh share the same vibe this same the same coziness level and then the same heartwarming story like like in coffee top one actually junkie junkie did it well and then and then yeah and then we see like uh, the positive reactions is coming to on, on this episode but yeah also also in the in the, in the art department also the first time I was thinking it was for DLC, so I don't have to do much thing <laughs> to to change. And then and then we decided like, okay, the story is is going to uh, is going fairly deeper than than much much deeper than the last one. And okay, uh, from the art section, I have to put more more like more features. Like we have to like uh, decide what what kind of new features that we want to. And then so that's. Uh, the uh, inventory system came from, and then also uh, like uh, the change in, in social media of Tomodachi. Also, like now we have this part, new part called stories where you you can see other people, other other customers' story based on based on their 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 lives, like lives in in the game. And then we decided to add more uh, illustrations to it, to, like. It, it kind of like uh, give a, a differentiation between the first game and and the, and the sequel, and but also but also to to give more contents to the to the player. So uh, the 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 background story of of the the world the world itself in in the, in the coffee talk world is more uh, alive, I guess. So that's yeah, that's the that's the challenge actually. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm quite curious about this now, and because I have the two of you, uh, perhaps I can I can you know get the two of you to answer it. Um, which one comes first when it comes to you know games like this? You know, uh, because the narrative is pretty important. Um, must the narrative be completed first before the artist can then start creating or start drawing, or or can you just create I guess a template of you know what the story is supposed to be about or the setting is supposed to be about, and then the artist will then I guess work work first and then. The story can come later. You know how how does it work between the two of you uh, in terms of I guess materializing coffee talk, especially especially within this medium concept. You know of visual novel game. Yeah, well, uh, for me it it will it will be easier if if I get the story first because um, the the characters like Lucas Riona it was uh, it was a, a description. As a as a as a visualized description from 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 the character itself, basically uh, like the the character animations, I made like simple basic basic uh, 
visual, uh, sorry, facial expressions like laugh, drink, sad, but also when the when the when the story uh, pours in, um, there are a lot of more like character characterized expressions like maybe uh, like Riona has this angry animation. It it, it needs it needs uh, it needs the the story the, the description first, and it will be easier uh, if it, if it's uh, story first. And and Jackie and and Anna, basically the the co-writer. Uh, actually helps a lot in, in, this, in this part. So I, I, I don't have to like um, imagine imagine like, oh, maybe Riona like this, maybe Riona like that. And then the story came and it's all, all totally different. I have to redo it again. And so, yeah, basically, it was really, really helpful from the writers. Yeah, well, for me, I, I basically gave uh, Dio some kind of like a sketch of the kind of like you know like emoji <laughs> like a, like a just like a yeah. smiley face oh, yeah. type oh, yeah. of uh, stickman. So yeah, I just, remember. Oh, so yeah. should look annoyed and maybe about like this this look and then Dio will transform it into like you know amazing art. Um, and also uh, I think the story is needed uh, maybe not finished but at least the uh, the writer needs to give really clear instruction. Uh, uh, so, so the art can can go in parallel production-wise, or else it won't, uh, you know, because uh, especially in visual novel with a lot of art, you do need that time. You cannot leave uh, the artist like doing nothing while we f wait for the writer to finish. Um, so yeah, so so like for example, for Tomodachi stories, uh, I will have to kind of predict like what uh, which which art that I I would need, and then I will give it to you first. While I'm still writing the story, something like that. Anna, 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 my co-writer, also did the same. Uh, basically, uh, we'd ask like, "Hey, do you uh, for the stories like for the kind of the Twitter thing? Uh, do you need anything?" And then she will give like a certain description, and then Dio will start making it. So, uh, ideally, it should be parallel. Mm, all right. Um, so, Coffee Talk, apart from being being a visual novel of sorts, the game also emphasizes uh, players, um, you know, being able to make choices and also branching narratives as well, right? Um, how have you expanded uh, upon the choices and consequences, you know, in the second game compared to the first? And, you know, what's the struggle when it comes to, you know, creating this kind of game where it has, you know, branching narratives? <laughs> oh, uh, this is my very first game writing, so uh, it was interesting for me because you know, uh, as a comic writer and artist back then, you you do a uh, one linear story, right? So everything else needs to be subtle, but inside this one linear narrative. But with game, um, it was very interesting because that means uh, if you have different ideas for one story, you can implement them all as long as they connect together, right? So it was exciting for me. Uh, it gave me more work for myself, but I, I really loved it. Um, but I do know that the difference is quite big. Uh, this, I think the first co coffee talk, uh, the roots are kind of minimal, like the branching is actually quite minimal, which is why it's very easy to play and actually uh, fits with the chill vibe. You know, people people just want to turn it on and then, you, you know, uh, play it uh, in a laser way. But in the second game, I think a lot of people were kind of surprised on how uh, how many the branch, uh, the, uh, the story branching was. But I, I think in my mind, it was more like, um, you know, like how 
since the, uh, there's uh, there are there were more characters and more characters also like connect with each other, they will have rea- different reaction depending on their mood. That's kind of like my logic, and that's why I create a lot of ranges. Like for example, I feel bad, you know, today my I have a bad mood. Uh, so and then hey, give me something great, and then you gave me something bad, and you you have a wo- worse mood, and then you know you you talk to another pattern in bad way, maybe who knows, you know. Uh, same with uh, if you want to become better, you're willing to open up, and then there's that there the idea of the branching uh, came from. So yeah, that's, there were a lot of more branching, and we do try to make like a couple stories uh, for at least each uh, kind of like group arc or character arc in the second game, uh, and we make the we made the the, the drinks way more uh, like halfway more uh, what's the word uh, more effect. Uh, Basically, yeah, it really depends on how well you you give the, uh, the drinks to them, I guess. Yeah. Mm. You know, as, as as a storyteller of sorts, uh, prior to this, you know, you're quite used to the linear way of storytelling. Um, but yeah. now that you're allowed to, I guess, have multiple options, multiple branches for for all your characters, it's I guess to a certain extent liberating. But at the same time, do you still have a certain um, sense of biasness, I suppose, towards a certain narrative, you know, because I think, you know, as writers, I, I, I'm sure you perhaps, you know, have one way, you know, of how the story should be told, right? So was there um, ever, yeah, like a, I wouldn't say bias, but more like a, a certain, you know, you favor towards, you know, a certain branch of storyline, you know, I suppose. So personally, I, I like to explore, if I, I'm allowed to, I will explore all branches. Like in as a deep. Actually, I did like uh, writing the the kind of like what you say bad route because I think you see like you know a character has very fa- uh, different facets of their lives, right? So I know that a lot of people are scared to go to the bad route, but I think you still should just to at least see a different facet of the characters. Um, but again, uh, but that's me as a writer. But if you writing a game which you have uh, you really have to have players in mind and i think a lot of players uh expect a certain way when it comes to storytelling right like uh best route good route bad route uh, they already have a preconception uh, preconception notion of what they want to get especially when it comes to games like coffee talk which is a vibe chill game that makes you feel warm so if there is a bias it uh usually i had a bi- the bias uh for the players in mind not for my own enjoyment, more like, okay, so the players would expect this. So I do have to make it worthwhile. Basically, it's something like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, so it, it's a, a bit separate. But again, but that's, that's kind of like the fun, kind of like the, the rules that you ha- have to put uh, in place for yourself to get creative to, you know, something like that. Okay, so Coffee Talk Episode 2, Hibiscus and the Butterfly has just been released. Uh, for players out there who have not played the game yet, what new narrative elements or themes can players expect, you know, to, when they play this game? Well, yeah, for, for people who have been playing with Coffee Talk, when basically it's some more stories that sets uh, three years after after the Coffee Talk one. And, and um, you should see a lot more of character developments on, on every character that shown in, in Coffee Talk 1. Uh, now the uh, in, in episode 2 there are a lot of continuation of their uh, of their life story. Basically people who, who are craving for more stories uh, from Coffee Talk 1 should be enjoy this one. Um, 
hopefully, uh, and then and then like more exp facial expressions, more expressions from the from the cannabis also, and then yeah, I think and then and it's and it's also a tribute to uh, our late writer Mohammad Fahmi basically, and then for people who played. Uh, haven't played Coffee Talk One. It's a it's a it's a it's a relaxing, uh, calm vibe where you work as a barista and and, and people come to your workplace and then share the story and you, you just you just listen listen to their stories and try to help them uh, by serving the right drinks right and 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 see how the how the characters developing. Uh, the affections to you uh, based on your drink, a uh, drink that you serve to them. And it's a calm, calm and relaxing story. It's like basically Ben, when when we had this uh, coffee talk one, many people said that this game is a great, a great way to relieve their stress uh, by by playing this. And we are so honored to to. Hear that? Actually, we didn't. We didn't really expect that that kind of reactions from from players. So basically, if you if you like, if you want to play Coffee Talk Two, uh, Episode Two, basically, it's a it's a really cool uh, GL Five uh, place. You need to play after you play something like action games, and you need time to chill. You, you can play Coffee Talk Episode Two and play Coffee Talk One. As well, if you haven't, <laughs> maybe Janky, yeah. you can add something. I guess uh, for those who have played from Coffee Talk One, I, I hope you enjoy Coffee Talk Two, uh, because there's uh, like like Dio said, there's continuation of uh, characters you know and love, while also you know finding uh, uh, getting to know new characters, new patterns, and there's a lot more uh, choices. So I hope uh, you have fun. Uh, exploring all these uh, story uh, branches on your own, uh, including the bad route, please. <laughs> so, because, and the second one, for those who never played uh, the first Coffee Talk, uh, you still can play the game, uh, obviously, because it, it is in the end a relaxing, chill game. And I hope, uh, and we hope uh, by playing the game, it does make you feel a bit better. Uh, um, you know, uh, a respite from your everyday life a little bit. <laughs> All right. Um, last but not least, um, what's next for Toge Productions after this? Um, <laughs> we well, Toge Production making Cricks for Antarctics and and we uh, WMO. I don't know how to say it. Super Mountain Outbreak. Yes. Yeah. So we are uh, currently working on that. Uh, so so yeah, uh, for the next coffee talk. Well, uh, enjoy the second one first. <laughs> well, basically, basically the team hasn't stopped working, really stopped working from uh, 2018. Basically, when 2020 we released Coffee Talk One, and we see the the reactions, and okay, we we need to to make DLC, and then the DLC can just transform into a sequel, and uh, I think we need we need to. Uh, well, the the Coffee Talk team right now is is uh, still working on. They uh, some bugs and, and, and fixes, and we stay try to work on it on that one. Uh, but I think we need to take on new challenges for other genres as well, I guess. But maybe uh, who knows uh, in the future? We don't know. 
about maybe the next coffee that I do. But yeah, shall see. <laughs> You're tuned into Gigi Wellbeat and I've been speaking to lead artist Dio Mahesa and narrative designer and lead writer Janki Pachi. They're from Toge Productions, developer of Coffee Talk and it's recently released sequel Coffee Talk episode 2 Hibiscus and Butterfly. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on bfm.my. Our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also find this show on Spotify. Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and please take care. This has been GG Well Played. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.